you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, drafts are still in session. Our experts are calling them like they see them and revealing who's trending up and trending down in fantasy drafts right now. And later, no, we didn't forget about you, CJ2K, or that new studly wide receiver the Jets picked up. We're taking over the Jets and Dolphins fantasy two-a-days today. That time of year again, the draft is over. NFL Fantasy Live League has been decided. Find out who got who and who's on the quest to dethrone Adam Rank. NFL Fantasy Live starts right now. Hello and welcome to NFL Fantasy Live presented by DirecTV. Matt Money Smith alongside the Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano and the Admirable and Admiral. The the Admirable. I like that. I like that. I'll take it. Say that five times fast. Waja Biamila. It's still my favorite thing to do. Baja. There you go. <laughs> Baja. Uh, we had our um, fantasy draft last night we for did. Fantasy Ooh, Live League. So yeah. yep. It was a great time. I, I do want to point out that the most trash talking was not done by our two or uh, we're going to get to Adam Rank, a three-time champ Adam Rank, but by um, oh yeah, by you. Yeah, I was calling yeah, out. You're feeling I, real good. Oh, I was feeling real feeling good. Real good. Got Calvin Johnson in the first round yep. calling out money. I want to all I mean, that. I, excuse me, calling out Rank. I want Rank. I want his title. I, yeah, I want it. Guess what? Yeah. We all do. We yeah. all want we, that we all title. Do. We all do. The yeah. man's won it three years in a row, and the butt fumble is what led to one of those titles <laughs> against me. All right, let's get a look at our biggest headlines. Wednesday, Josh Gordon suspended for the 2014 season. Browns wide receivers uh, that are looking to, well, make an impact. You see it right there, 159 targets and 87 receptions for Gordon. And, uh, yeah, not a whole lot for everyone else. So I guess it begs the question from a fantasy perspective, Akbar and Fabs, is there a Browns receiver that makes sense to go out and draft? Well, you know, probably late in the in the draft, you can look at a guy like Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins, to me, has been dynamic. When you watch him, the slot receiver, he's the king in the slot right now. In fantasy and in reality, he is looked tremendously well. I mean, just look at the way he, he makes moves in open space. I was talking to his brother, in fact, last night, Antrell uh, Hawkins. I was and, his brother. Yes, yeah. and I, I'm going to tell you right now, he said that this offseason, he put in so much work. Of course, he was in Cincinnati. Yep. I believe Hawkins is that guy. I got hurt. A lot. They were expecting big things from him in Cincinnati. How about it? Anybody else there, Fabs, makes sense to you? Not really in Cleveland. If you're looking for a late-round wide receiver, I would go with Justin Hunter. I didn't yeah. talk to his brother last night. I don't know if he has a brother, <laughs> but I really like what I saw in the preseason. 
Oh, is that right? Wow, too. Okay. Uh, that's a good point, though, because I did have a draft on Sunday, and I opted to take Josh Gordon in the 15th round. It was the last pick I made after I, I did the, the kicker in the defense. And I guess if you're looking for one of those late-round mm-hmm. wide receivers, there's a million of them. You mentioned Justin Hunter. Yep. I like Calvin Benjamin, the rookie. He's been last until late, and yes. he's going to be a number one target of, uh, of Cam Newton. Think about him instead of uh, Josh Gordon. All right, here we go. Uh, this is a quote. Without a doubt, Green Bay Packers running backs coach Sam Gash said, quote, without a doubt, Lacey has the capability of being the leading rusher, maybe even combined yards. And he's talking about in the NFL, not on the Packers team. Guys, reaction? uh, From his lips to God's ears, I would love to see Eddie Lacey come out and have a big year because the running back position is such a premium in fantasy football because you don't see those featured backs anymore. I want to go back to the days of Marshall Falk and Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes and and that. But I still am not drafting Eddie Lacey as more than the fifth or sixth overall pick. Well, I agree with you that. And the reason why they can say that last year when you look at Eddie Lacy at 200-plus carries, I believe this year he's going to get about 300 carries. He's a throwback type of running back. When you look at the power that, he's run, that he runs with, they haven't seen the likes of that since Amon Green. I like the way he actually focuses in, and he's a one-cut, hit-it-downhill type of runner. So he could lead the league in rushing. Yeah, and I think I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say copycat league. You know, we, we always hear about it, but – when you have the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Ravens, you know, the Ravens and the Seahawks, the last two Super Bowl winners, they run the ball, they pound the ball. And I think the Packers learned last year that when you throw a little bit too much, you open that door to let teams to come back, especially against the defense we're not sure about. Eddie Lacy, like you said, Sam Gash, hopefully because of our uh, NFL Fantasy Live League. (laughs) Hopefully you're uh, you're right there, Sam Gash. Vikings, uh, Adrian Peterson said Wednesday, their offense is going to be the best he has ever played in. Peterson went on to say that after watching the games, the Vikings don't even need him. Eh. Peterson certainly Uh, being a little sarcastic there, but um, he's excited to play for North Turner. Well, he should be excited for playing playing with North Turner. I was with North Turner in Oakland, and I just remember the excitement. The guys got excited. But here's why the excitement is there for Adrian Peterson. On the outside, on the exterior, they have talent. They have Cordero Patterson. They have Greg Jennings. And then they have Kyle Rudolph. We know what North Turner can do with tight ends. So all of a sudden now, the honesty is there. Defensively, they have to play honest. And he's used to seeing so much in the box. North Turner is going to attack vertically, which is going to put a lot of pressure on defense to play honest. Number one pick, Fabs? Number one overall pick, in my opinion, my friend. Here we go. How about Cam Newton? He says he is going to play week one. Cleared up some confusion on Wednesday. Told reporters there is, quote, no doubt that he will be playing week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, dealing with a litany of injuries, including the most recent one, a hairline crack in one of his ribs. I'd be a little bit nervous about that, Akbar. Guys with cracked ribs typically don't perform all that well in the NFL. No, not not true, actually, because there's a magical uh, there's a magical shot called Tordal, and, and then there's a secret pad called the Kevlar pad. You put that around him, and he's fine. It's not a big deal. If you're going to have a hairline fracture, that's where you want to have it. It's not one of the under more. Under the vest. Yeah, under the vest, he's fine. Fabs, you'll start him week one? I have him in a couple of leagues because he's dropped into the 10th round. Sure I mean, the 10th round. At that point, I am taking a chance on Cam Newton, but not before. Right, but so he's, we're only taking... dropping, he's only dropping because he doesn't have the talent on the outside. I just no, want to make I sure. Don't know. I well, think it's that... actually the talent in the offensive line. That offensive and line is an The injuries aren't disaster. helping his value either. Yeah. I, would, sure. uh, I just want to make sure, recapping, we believe Sam Gash, Eddie Lacy. We believe yes. Adrian Peterson. Yes. We believe Cam Newton. We're buying it all. Uh, we're, we're buying, buying it all. We're <laughs> suckers. All right, let's get it over to Adam Rank, our three-time champ. And Malakara, Malakou. I'm coming for you, Adam. 
Thank you, Money. It's time for Clear Picture presented by Best Buy. I'm Molly Karam, honored to be alongside Adam <laughs> Rank, the three-time champion. And we're going to clear up a little confusion with some wide receiver depth charts around the league. Adam, I'll tell you the team, and you tell okay. me who the best receiver is on that That sounds team. like fun. Yes, it's like want, a game show. It is. We want no confusion here. One dollar. Let's start in St. Louis. Okay. Tavon Austin had zero receiving teams <laughs> right. in 10 of his last 11. Is Not it him good. or is it Kenny Britt? Well, I like I like Tavon Austin. I like his explosiveness. I like that he is one of the most dynamic playmakers. I'm sounding like Bucky Brooks by saying that. The dynamic <laughs> playmaker mm. and a guy that the St. Louis Football Club wants to get the ball to. And as Money said, Earlier this week, if you look at Brian Schottenheimer's offense, a lot of check down Charlie's going on there. Sean Hill's not going to throw the ball deep, so you can run a lot of bubble screens and a lot of little small routes for Tavon Austin, get the ball into his hands, and let him do his thing. Remember, when he came out of the draft, Mike Mayock said that he was the most explosive player he had ever seen, and I don't want Mike Mayock to be wrong. I, I do not want to live in a world where he would be wrong. I'm glad you're going with Mike Mayock and not my stat. It, it didn't deter you. <laughs> not deter. All right, how about in New Orleans? Are you going with the Bolitnikoff winner, Brandon Cooks, Ooh. and the old faithful Marcus Colston, where are you leaning? I like Brandon Cooks here. I'll tell you what. You know what? Marcus Colston is like eating Subway every day. Like, it's, eh, it's all right. It's there. Okay. It's cookie, convenient or it's, whatever. It's a but every better. once a in a while, cookie. don't you just want an outstanding meal? You want something big, yes. something memorable? Mm-hmm. That's what Brandon Cooks is going to be. And I, you know, I'm guilty of this. And I stay up. I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. So I love Brandon Cooks. I love what he did at Oregon State. So now I'm just excited. And I'm trying to get him. Every, it, it's funny, though. You get with people who think uh, Think similarly. Mm-hmm. So Brandy Cook starts flying up the boards, and that's what's happening. Yep. All I right. blame me. Yeah, I blame you too. Let's move on to Oakland. This one's tough for me. Who the heck is Why it? are you throwing me Oakland? Like, could you make it? Let's talk Dallas. Bay I like Area. Des Bryant. All right. Oakland. I'm going to go James Jones. How I, come? How come? You know, I like his consistency. When he was there in Green Bay, this guy was outstanding near the end zone. You know, he was a touchdown maker, and that's what Oakland needs. Somebody who can get loose in the end zone, score some touchdowns yeah. for him. And you look at it, it's really a matter of, like, there's not a lot of there either. There's, like, some other Rod mm-hmm. Streeters there on the opposite side of him, but none of those guys really excite me. And you figure, like, somebody's got to catch passes at right. some point this season. And I look at, you know, if they put Matt McGloin in there, mm-hmm. if they put Derek Carr in there, it could be a little bit of an uptick in that passing game. So James Jones is a guy I'm holding down for. He finished the season strong. We'll see what Matt Schaub has in store. All right, who's the best receiver in Nashville, Justin Hunter or Kendall Wright? Kendall Wright's good in PPR leagues, but if you're, again, looking for, as Bucky Brooks would say, dynamic playmakers, mm, Justin Hunter is a guy Man who crush. moves. Yes, absolutely. He moves the needle. He has got the most talent. He was really good his uh, rookie season, and now he's coming in that second-year jump. Is something that I'm looking out for. And so if I get a chance, Justin Hunter, I know his average draft position has been, what, like the 16th round? That's what it says. When you're in an actual draft, he's going much higher. We'll be talking about our experts league there because I missed out on him. Mm. And I'm bummed Must out. be rough. Three times in a row. <laughs> hey, you're the best. A lot of people are Stop. gunning for you this year. Yeah, I'm no far. pressure, my man. That was clear a picture presented by Best Buy. Cut you off there. <laughs> Coming up, can a handsome wide receiver put a spit shine on an otherwise dreadful Jets team? Is Chris Johnson the real deal in New York? The Jets 2014 outlook is next. And there's a downward slide among the biggest of fantasy stars in this year's drafts. Find out where you can expect to snatch them up when NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Think you can't live without your phone? Wait until you download the new NFL.com Fantasy Football app. Live draft from anywhere and watch in-game video highlights on the go. NFL.com makes fantasy football better for everyone. Download for free at NFL.com slash fantasy app.
Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Take a look at this fancy official fantasy draft board right here. You can buy yours today at NFL.com slash draft board. We're all a little punchy right now because it is this time <laughs> of year when the trash talking a bag full of hopes and that man's championship oh, yeah. returns. It's our NFL Fantasy Live League back, back again. And we are going to recap what went down last night in our draft, starting with picks one through ten. Here you go. Take a look. Number one overall, Elliot Harrison had the selection, followed by Malikou, our man Marcus Grant, Dave Damashek still in the league, despite his insistence that he does not want to hang out with us anymore. Oh, Akbar, <laughs> Stiffback, Bajabia Mila, me, Fabs, America's team. You can see the thing. James Coe-Rondadot had those back-to-back uh, -back picks at 10 and 11. So now we get a look at the results. They are right here in front of us. Fabs, uh, you picked right after me. Why don't you go ahead and uh, break down what happened with your selections? Well, I would have taken Eddie Lacy, but you grabbed them in front of me, so I took Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> I have wow. no problem drafting Marshawn Lynch in the first round. I don't think he's a risk this year. Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, a couple of very strong wide receivers. Now, because there was such a huge run on running backs, I really ended up loading up on the position. Rashad Jennings, Shane Vereen, Ray Rice. I think Ray Rice could be a really nice bargain there. I don't love Harvin, but as my third wide receiver, I'll take him. The quarterbacks. Now, you guys know I wait on quarterbacks. Always. I waited yep. until round 10, and we'll take Robert Griffin III, and then Russell Wilson right behind him. In the 10th or 11th round, I'll take that. Wilson's been a top 10 quarterback in each of his first two years. And RG3, I know people are talking about him struggling right now, but in the 10th round, guys, I will absolutely Ooh. take a chance on him. I don't worry about Russell, uh, excuse me, RG3 when it comes to drafting him that late, okay? I'm minimizing the risk there. Then I go ahead and grab Justin Hunter, who I love as a sleeper. Christian Michael handcuffs Marshawn Lynch. I think this team is solid. There's some risk, but let's face it, guys. There's always risk. Everybody yes. has yeah. risk on their roster. So if you think RG3 is a risk, well, you know what? That's one of my risks. Everybody's going to have risk. Well, you Everybody. mentioned it, uh, Fabs. I took Eddie Lacy from you, and I did not anticipate drafting a running back in the first round, but because Akbar selected Calvin Johnson at number five, I have Eddie Lacy in my elite group of running backs. I've got five of them. He is number five, so I felt compelled to take him there. You know what I do in the second round. I do it every single year. Drew Brees, my guy right there, getting me 30 points per game. Going to set the tone with Eddie Lacy. And then I came back, got Jordy Nelson, Toby Gerhardt. I'm a big fan of his. A lot of these are, uh, I don't want to say gut picks, but I like what I've seen in the preseason. I like what I hear from coaching staff. Toby Gerhardt's the number one running back. He's going to get the carry, so I'm going to take this kind of pick. I love uh, Michael Crabtree as a number one receiver for the Niners offense, and Mark Ingram is kind of my hunch pick last year, not to pat myself on the back, but that was Ryan Matthews. I took a lot of incoming for drafting Matthews as high as I did. Just felt like he was going to have a bounce back year, and I feel that way about Mark Ingram, but I'll focus on, uh, and here you see the, uh, the late round picks. Donald Brown, Again, I guess you'd call it a hunch, my last pick, because I think maybe Ryan Matthews is going to get injured again, and he's going to be the number one in San Diego, a host of wide receivers, Golden Tate opposite Calvin Johnson, Torrey Smith. But I'm going to talk about Jordy Nelson, because I took him ahead of Alshon Jeffrey, and I really struggled with it. Fabs ended up taking him with the very next pick, because ultimately when I get into these moments, I ask myself, who's the number one? And Jordy Nelson is the number one in Green Bay, and Alshon Jeffrey is the number two in, in Chicago. And Brandon Marshall's going to see more targets than Alshon Jeffrey. Jordy Nelson's going to see more targets than anybody else money? in Green Bay. I had Nelson queued up. Yeah. So I had him up. He I, was going to be my pick. That's basically where I found myself. When you're stuck on receivers or running backs, ask yourself, who's the number one? If they're both number ones, think about who's going to have more targets, which is a more of a pass-friendly offense. And for me, that's why Jordy uh, was the selection. All right, champ. You the champ. Stupid, Wait, what? You're, you're not champ. the champ. Oh. 
I'm not. Yeah, no, he is. Oh, he I'm is just, the champ. Oh, Akbar, yeah. You know what I'm afraid that's, of? I don't, that, that's uh, that's going to be leaving the rank residence this year. I don't <laughs> yes. want Akbar to win this, yeah. just mainly for his health. I don't think you're back. At <laughs> you're so, this is this he's has been, me out three years in a row, and you're the guy that's upset about this. This has been on my waist for 722 days. I don't know that you could handle it. You did some math, Kelly, didn't you? No, no, no. I'm just saying. That's what. But let's take a look at my team, though. If we can look at this death squad and what I did here, and you know what? I'm sitting there thinking maybe I'm going to go Peyton Manning. And I'm watching this unfold because I know Jimmy Coe is not going to take Peyton Manning. So when Jimmy Graham's going down the board, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get Jimmy Graham and I'm going to get Peyton Manning. And, and then I'm going to quit. I'm going to go. I'm not even going to draft auto pick. I'm going to auto-pick for the rest of the night. But, no, Peyton Manning goes. So I adjusted. It's the amoeba strategy there. So I go Jimmy Graham, load up on the receivers because these guys are bona fide number one receivers. The one thing I like about – loading up on receivers. When you have a team that has a solid receiving core, everything else just seems to fall into place. If you talk about the most valuable running backs last season, it was Jamal Charles, who I had. It was Sean Moreno, who you got in the 11th round. And then it was also Zach Stacy. So you're going to be able to find a running back somewhere later. And I was kind of burned here because I thought... I thought Mark Ingram was going to be there. But anyways, but Jimmy Graham's the big one right there. And that's the one pick that I'm very pleased about. He separated himself from all the other tight ends. And I know each and every week I'm going to count on 10 to 15 points from Jimmy Graham. Brandon Marshall, as you says, is a number one receiver. Randall Cobb, while he's not a number one receiver, is in a dynamic offense. And Cordell Patterson is going to be this season's Josh Gordon without the suspensions, playing there with North Turner, a pass-happy offense. I love it. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited. I just think you should have drafted more running backs. That's my personal opinion. How you about know, yeah, a few more. You well, were talking more trash than anybody. Yeah, you know, I was so excited about this draft. You know, this draft, I was looking to kind of go with the old school format with going with a running back in the first pick, but I lost my millennium backs. The guys that I'm calling my millennium backs, McCoy, Forte, Charles, these are guys that are going to be more involved in the passing game. So I said, what's the next best thing? I didn't want to go with the 90s back like a Lacey or Lynch, so I went with Calvin Johnson at that fifth pick, and then I came back around, and I saw that there were no more real Millennium backs left. So I said, I'm going to go with another wide receiver. This is the first time. I didn't mean to do this strategy, but I had to adjust for what was going on. So I went A.J. Green. Then I said, okay, let me go get some 90 backs and some thumpers. I went Alfred Morris, Frank Gore, and then I love a guy who's a hybrid guy, C.J. Spiller. He was there. And then I thought, who's the best quarterback on the board right now? Matthew Stafford, and then I just went down the list, and I had to. Because of Frank Gore and the fact that he, where he is, I had to handcuff him with Carl's hot late. But I'm excited about Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, to me, is going to have another big year. The reason why he had to be the number one pick was because he's going to be the focus point of this offense. Yes, they have Reggie Bush. They brought in Golden Tate as that number two wide receiver. But because Golden Tate is there, that makes Calvin Johnson that much more lethal. And you said, well, how can he be lethal if he's already lethal? He's that much more lethal. He's a lethal injection because Golden Tate is going to be somebody you have to pay attention to. Calvin Johnson is a bombonical player. Bombonical, according to Akbar Bajabiyamela. Thank you, Akbar Bombonical. Here we go, America's team. You said it, Adam. Uh, they snatched Peyton Manning from you. They're running backs, Matthews and Reggie Bush. They're wide receivers, Pierre Garçon, Des Bryant. You can see it all right in front of you. And perhaps if they did anything for you, America, it was prevent Adam Rank from selecting <laughs> the first two players he wanted to to defend his title for the fourth consecutive.
All right, remember, you can vote. I'm not bitter at all. To select uh, <laughs> who to start and who to sit on America's team at NFL.com slash America's team. And coming up, Dolphins' new OC, Bill Lazor, is trying to up-tempo their offense. Can they get there by the season opener? We'll debate. And Marshawn Lynch is trending down in drafts across leagues. Oh, the humanity. We'll tell you why and what other fantasy trends to look for next on NFL Fantasy Live. Welcome back, fantasy fans. You just saw the promo there for NFL Now. Download it starting next Tuesday. We'll be streaming daily on NFL Now so you can watch us anywhere. Back to business, though. We're nearing our end of Fantasy Two-A-Day series, and today we're looking at the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. The Jets made a big splash in the offseason. Of course, they acquired Eric Decker from Denver. They let go of Mark Sanchez and Santonio Holmes, also picking up Chris Johnson and Michael Vick. So, Fabs, I love this stat here that Eric Decker had 11 receiving touchdowns with Denver. The Jets as a team had 13 (laughs) receiving touchdowns. What can we expect uh, with him in his new home? A major decrease Mm. in fantasy points because he's going from Peyton Manning and a pass-based offense to Geno Smith. That's not good. And a run-based offense. So you're going from a Hall of Famer to a second-year guy who doesn't even have security uh, in his job. And Decker's been great the last couple of years, but let, let's be honest, that, that's because of Peyton Manning, at least partially. And now he's going to be the number one wide receiver in New York, where he's going to have to face number one cornerbacks every single week, including Darrell Rivas twice. And the AFC East has some pretty good corners. I don't like Decker as more than a third wide receiver, and he shouldn't be targeting him uh, as anything more than that because he's going to disappoint you. You know, I played for his brother, Rob Ryan, and Mm -hmm. I can tell you in a situation like that, Rob Ryan would take him out of the game by bracketing him, double covering him, and forcing the teams to to actually use their other wide receiver, and they just don't have talent at the other position. And Fabs, you alluded to the fact that this Jets team is a run-based team. We know Rex Ryan loves to pound the football, so let's sort out this Jets backfield. Adam, you drafted... CJ2K. I did. Is he going to even be oh, CJ1K? Uh, see, that's the worst. <laughs> Rushing for 2,000 yards was the worst thing that Chris Johnson could ever do because he got that idiotic nickname. But he has been a very good fantasy performer over the last couple of years. And as a matter of fact, he was a top 10 running back last season. And yet nobody just ex- nobody expects him to do anything. And now, as Mike said, he is going to a run-based offense where he's going to get a lot of opportunities to not only run the ball, but as you saw right there, catch the ball out of the backfield. He is their most dynamic playmaker there in New York. So I look at him and I get him sixth round, a guy who finished in the top ten. Very happy with that. Chris Ivory had the uh, second most yards per rush after week nine. Akbar, what kind of potential do you think he'll have this season? I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of potential. We, we talk about this run-based offense and look what where he ended up last year, 36th ranked running back. Uh, There's just not a lot of power there. I mean, he has power, physical power, but when you're behind a guy like Chris Johnson and he has that ability, I don't know that he's going to get that amount of touches to be able to be productive. So for Chris Ivory, uh, I put him in the back burner. He's nothing more than a body wash for me. I say that, you know, He's he probably undrafted or a guy that you've taken in in the last pick. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, did you say body wash? Yeah, body wash. You never use Ivory body wash? Yes, Okay. Yeah, yeah body wise, that means you're just done. He's just he's disposable. Interesting. Yeah, okay. you get it? Body wise. I'm gonna write disposable. that one down. It okay. makes me think of washcloths, but <laughs> hey, that's just me. All right, let's stay in the AFC East and head down <laughs> south to Miami. An- another question with the backfield here. We have Lamar Miller or no Sean Moreno. Fabs, what do you do? Well, uh, I'm going to lament Lamar Miller last year because I thought he would be a sleeper and he ended up killing a lot of fantasy owners' hopes and dreams me of the included. championship. It's okay. But 
I still am on his bandwagon because Sean Marino showed up to camp overweight, then he had the knee scope. And I think there's going to be a committee situation here where Lamar is the starter and Marino comes in passing downs, third downs, and he's a good pass protector as well. And at some point in the season, I wouldn't be shocked if Marino took the job over, but he's not going to duplicate what he did last year. I'd have Miller higher up on my rank list at running back right now than Marino, but it's close. The, the gap is closing. What about no Sean Moreno? What can we expect from him? Yeah, last year they just expected Monty Ball to go in to Denver and take over that position. And it was no Sean Moreno who ended up winning the job and being very effective for fantasy enthusiasts. In fact, of the three most valuable running backs last year, no Sean Moreno was one of them. And I look for him to regain that form. As he said, he had a knee injury, came in a little bit overweight, but now he's ready to go. And we really don't need him at the beginning of the season. We're talking about closers. ABC, always be closing. Mm. No Sean Moreno. He's my closer. Like he's my it. hammer coming he, in at the end of the bullpen. He's, he's your Mariano Rivera. And for all the guys who, who, who are concerned no, about okay. no Sean Moreno, it's perfectly normal after surgery to put on a little bit of weight. You're sitting there. You're emotionally feeling upset that you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you've had surgery. You're missing this. See, all this other kind of stuff happens. Uh -huh. It's natural. He'll lose the pounds. It's in the, he's in the Miami Heat. He'll be fine. Listen, I love the sensitivity. Yeah. Thicker than a snicker. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so I had Lamar Miller last year and Mike Wallace. They both killed my hopes and dreams. But can Wallace be a leading wide receiver this year no. for the Dolphins? No, not, no, not at all. And, and the reason why is because in the locker room we have this thing where we call that, look, are, are you one of those guys or are you a dog? And Mike Wallace doesn't have that dog in him. That means that you're nasty. You're going to go out there. Yes, he has the physical ability. We can see that there on this catch. He's got some wiggle to him. He can catch the ball. He's got some speed. But ever since he banked in that big paycheck, I mean, he just has not been that same guy. He's not as aggressive. And I don't know that he necessarily has an elite quarterback who's able to actually kind of get him the ball the way he needs it. The offense will pick up. We'll see if he has an opportunity there in this offense to change his fortune. Before we move on, do the Dolphins have a dog on that team? Uh, well, yes, on defense they have a dog, but I don't, I, I don't know. We, we, we have He's to not helping fantasy owners. <laughs> All right, Fabs, how about Charles Clay? He was a nice surprise last year. Can he build on that success in 2013? He was. He was a lot of fantasy owners' dog last year because he came off the waiver wire and played extremely well. He was the seventh most targeted tight end in the National Football League. He even rushed for a touchdown. You know, he's got that number 42. We're like, wait, is it a tight end? Is he an H-back? We're not sure. But a little confusing. very, very productive for a guy that no one was talking about in the preseason. With that being said, I'd rather have Zach Ertz. I'd rather have Kyle Rudolph. There are tight ends that I'd rather draft ahead of Charles Clay. I wouldn't take him as more than a high-end two. How about their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, guys? Nobody was sacked more in the NFL 58 times. We know that O-line was wow. a mess. Does he have any value? Not right now. There's too much depth at the position to go in on Ryan Tannehill, so I'd let him slide down. There's a new offense, but we still need to see if that offensive line is going to be able to protect him and if those weapons can come through for him. So just leave him on as waiver wire fodder for the moment. Good stuff. That is Jets and Dolphins Fantasy Two-A-Days. Coming up, Danny Woodhead leaped up PPR League rankings last year. Can he do it again? We're talking bargain PPR running backs. But first, take a sneak peek at a trailer of the origins of fantasy football. That's coming next week on NFL Fantasy Live. The draft was called uh, Gopper. Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prediction League. And that's the first draft in the history of fantasy football. I think about it now, and it's just incredible what's occurred. Like I said, it was 12 guys drafting like we were general managers and having no idea what would happen to them.
Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. We've been watching stars rise and fall in this year's drafts. Find out who's trending up and who's trending down. Plus, every fantasy team needs a game changer. We tackle which tight ends could make a significant impact despite their deceivingly low average draft positions. And playing in a PPR league, our experts break down which running back will be sitting on top at the end of 2014 only on NFL Fantasy Live. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Akbar Bajabi Amila, Adam hey. Rank, and the Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano. Your draft may have fired off already. Maybe you're in multiple drafts, and some have yet to fire off. So let's talk about some fantasy draft trends now that we have seen enough things happen, enough drafts go that, uh, well, there's some guys going up, some guys going down. So, uh, Rank, uh, how about this? I'll start with you. Okay. What have you noticed? Well, we just talked about Jimmy Graham previously, and that's the one thing that I've noticed because a long time ago, it used to be this thing that there was a run on tight ends, and all of a sudden, oh, look, all the tight ends are going in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and then they started sneaking up a little bit, sneaking up more and more, and now Jimmy Graham is a bona fide first-round draft pick. I got him ninth overall in our NFL Fantasy Live League. I've seen him go as early as five in some leagues, and it's worthwhile. I mean, you look at him, he separated himself so much from other tight ends last year, and that's when he was playing hurt. Now he's fully healthy. Drew Brees, oh, I love this pick. You love, love your pick. I love. You love your number nine pick. Can I, can in, in I gush about him more? Yes. Right. Well, it's it's right there in the parentheses. Yep. The fact that you're talking about 56 and a half points, and it is a position in our experts league, like most leagues, Fabs, yeah. that you have to start a player. I when s- you're starting him, you feel a lot better. <laughs> I about saw it. Graham go second overall in a PPR league. Yeah. Second overall. Say what? Because of the, it's because of that gap. I mean, that's that's yeah. it's, it's that simple. Akbar trending up. Well, trending up has to be Peyton Manning. I mean, look look at what Peyton Manning did last year. It was incredible. 55 touchdowns, of course, historic. But when I look at Peyton Manning going first pick overall in a lot of drafts, I think he went high in in, uh, another draft that I did a couple of days ago. And to me, that's like, I I get it, I understand. But as our own Michael Fabiano, Hall of Famer, always tells you, that you know, you want to wait later to get a quarterback. I do believe in that. Last night in our expert league, I got a quarterback in the sixth round. But when you look at Peyton Manning, the production that he put up, He's not going to replicate the same exact production this year. You think about the greats who've done it with the big touchdown numbers. You think about Tom Brady, Dan Marino. The season following their big time, they don't have that same type of production. So, so you're, you're not going to get it out of, out of Peyton Manning. Is what you're saying. I'll, uh, I'll submit Mark Ingram here a little bit later in the draft. He has had a heck of a preseason just talking to people around the league that, uh, that work in the league. They talk about the juice in his legs, something I know you're very familiar with, Akbar. When you see a running back hit the hole and explode like Mark Ingram has this preseason. And it's not just an anomaly. He did this at the end of last year. This is actually, I think, from week 15 of last year when he started getting more and more carries. You can see the wiggle that was there at the University of Alabama that helped lead them to Nick Saban's first title. While he was with the Crimson Tide, they want to make him the number one. It's a contract year. And it seems as though the last two weeks, I'm going to say, more and more people are starting to get smart to Mark Ingram being a legitimate number one back in Sean Payton's offense. So I'll go Mark Ingram. I'm going to go with Monte Ball, a guy that I've been talking about. He's on my fantasy man crush list, and he's moving up. I'm seeing him being drafted at the end of the first round. He's not going to be on the board after the second round. We saw him in preseason action in week three. The first five plays all scripted for him. I think he could put up the same type of numbers as Noshan Marino did last season. A running back playing in a Peyton Manning offense is just got a huge advantage over almost everybody else in the league because they're not going to see any stacked fronts. It's all 
or nothing yep. for Ball. I love this pick. I, I hear what you're saying about Peyton Manning, so I guess I'll shift here to the uh, trending down. Here, here's why I don't like Monty Ball, and perhaps this is just some college football bias. I watch a player like Melvin Gordon explode in that Wisconsin offense, and Wisconsin repeatedly has produced backs that pile up huge yards. They get a lot of attention. Then they get to the league, and you just don't see it. And, and it goes back to that juice in the legs things, and I just don't see that explosion from Monte Ball that I want to see. They wanted him to take that job last year. He couldn't take it from no Sean Marino. Well, I, and it just makes me nervous in the first round the, to draft John him. Fox also likes to go with the veterans. And now he has trust in Ball, and yeah, I have man. trust in him, too. Yeah, I, I would not spend a first-round pick on him. That's just uh, where I'm going. RBBC there in Carolina. When what John about it, uh, Rank? Trending down. I don't, I don't really care for Marshawn Lynch and his ADP. I look at 400 touches last season, extended runs through the playoffs. It's something that derailed Ray Rice last year. And now Marshawn Lynch, the Seahawks were pretty convinced that they could go on without him. They were not going to match his contract demands. And Marshawn Lynch had to fold because the Seahawks were ready to go with Bobby Turbin and Christian Michael. And now I look at the way the Seahawks are set up. They're set up for another run to the Super Bowl. They're not set up to win your fantasy league. So they're going to have other guys they can get into the mix that they feel very comfortable with. Russell Wilson is going to now have more command of this offense. Percy Harvin's going to be there. This is not going to be a 400-touch season for him. So I stay away from Marshawn Lynch in the first round. All right, Marshawn Lynch. How about it, Ocker? What do you got? Well, for me, it's RG3. I mean, when we looked at Jay Gruden coming over to the Washington Redskins, we thought that this was going to be an improvement. We saw what he did with Andy Dalton. Think, well, okay, you get a guy in Robert Griffin the third, who's more athletic, has a live arm. Maybe he could do something and take it a step further. Well, we haven't seen that throughout the preseason. It's nervous. It's nerve-wracking. And fantasy owners are starting to get really concerned. I'm starting to see RG3 trending down. In fact, he may even play in this fourth preseason game, which lets you know that he still needs to get more reps in this offense. Fabs? You know what? I really am worried about Arian Foster. And, and earlier in the offseason, I said I think he could have another good year. He's got maybe one good year left in him, but we haven't seen him play at all in the preseason. He's got the hamstring. He's coming off back surgery. Now, with that being said, I, I'm not saying I'm avoiding him altogether, but I don't see him as a first-round pick right now. Could he produce as a first-rounder? Absolutely. But we've sort of been left in the dark about his health from Bill O'Brien. So we don't know what's going on with him. Uh, reports say that he will be ready for week one. I'd rather take him somewhere in round two or round three and minimize a little bit of that risk as a first-rounder. I, I just don't trust him yeah. right now. I mean, I'm still nervous taking him in the second round. I mean, when you think about what you want from your second or your third round, right. that's just so much risk. Like you said, and, and Akbar, I mean, back injury, something. Uh, yeah, I'm going through it right yeah. now. I'm having a hard time just standing <laughs> up right now. <laughs> All right, uh, up next, fantasy stars come and go, but it takes something special to be a true game changer. Find out which tight ends we think fit the mold and could fit perfectly on your fantasy team. Oh, it's time for Game Changers presented by Bose. This season, we're looking to uh, help you decide which performances made the biggest impact for your fantasy teams each week. Tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers, and we might just feature your tweet on an episode of NFL Fantasy Live. So today, we're talking about the tight ends. We're trying to find a diamond in the rough here. So here are the top fantasy tight ends of 2013. We'll show you, get a quick glance. Obviously, uh, Jimmy Graham. Vernon Davis, Julius Thomas, no longer uh, Gonzalez there, and Jordan Cameron, Jason Witten, Charles Clay, Greg Olson, Antonio Gates, Martellus Bennett. So let's find these diamonds in the rough. And we head to Minnesota where we know Norv Turner loves getting his tight ends involved. Now he's got Kyle Rudolph, not a ton of options there. Looks promising. Yeah, I really like Kyle Rudolph. This is a guy who flashed a couple of years ago. He had nine touchdowns, and last year he was injured, but... The Vikings have a lot of trust in this guy. They just signed him to a big deal. 
And as Molly said, Norv Turner is like the tight end whisperer. Uh, listen, Jordan Cameron broke out last year. Whose offense was he playing in? Norv Turner's. Mm -hmm. You can go back to, even back to Jay Novacek. So Turner knows how to utilize his tight ends. It's going to be Cordero Patterson, option one in the passing game, and likely Kyle Rudolph, number two. And you can get him late. His ADP right now on NFL.com is around 11. Mm, great value. Akbar, how about Zach Ertz? He finished the season strong, four receiving touchdowns in his last eight games. Well, I, I believe in Zach Ertz. I think this is, uh, this is in fact, a, 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 a tight end that I drafted in our expert league last night. And I, I really looked at him, and I, and I sat there, and I thought, why do I want Zach Ertz? And the reason why is because in Chip Kelly's offense, he's going to utilize the tight ends. And I know that there's Selleck there as well. But when you look at versatility, he's the more versatile guy. He's the more athletic tight end. Yes, he's not a blocker. But, yes, he's going to be more involved in the passing game. And Chip Kelly will find a way to get Zach Ertz hot. Akbar, how about Heath Miller? There's also not a lot of uh, options there on that team. No, there's not. And I believe in Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger. So that means that... Keith Miller is going to be the recipient of a lot of balls being thrown his way. And I know people are going to overlook him. He's a guy that you probably say, I'll stay away from in the draft. But if you're not able to go get an elite uh, tight end, why not get a tight end like Heath Miller, who's got a strong quarterback behind him? Remember a couple of years ago, he had over, almost close to 1,000 yards uh, in receiving. Last year was a down year for him, per se, with only 500-something yards there. But Ben Roethlisberger can make it happen for him. Fabs, we know Jordan Reed can get it done. Some injury issues last year, but the question seems to be also his quarterback. Well, I'm not as worried about RG3 as everyone else is. Jordan Reed is going to see his targets last year. Of course, he missed some time due to the concussion, but he averaged right around 63 yards in his last seven games. And he's got a ton of upside, a ton of upside. If he stays healthy, this guy is guaranteed to be a top 10 tight end. He is my tight end one in the Experts League, which I drafted last night. Eighth round. Okay. Adam Rank, we had to save the best for last year. Yeah. Our closer, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Tell us about See, him. what happens when you draft Jimmy Graham is that you can go out and take a risk on a guy like Travis Kelsey, who is not listed as the number one tight end for the Chiefs. But when you look at that team, you look at their receiving core, you look at who's ahead of them, you're like, Travis Kelsey has to find his way onto the field because this guy is explosive. Not only does he catch the ball well in traffic, he outruns defenders like he does right there. That's a tight end. Outrunning the secondary. And again, we're going to show That's him. That's not good. Tight end. Outrunning. Okay, they made a liar out of me by throwing that clip. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> this guy is a dynamic playmaker on a team that is desperate for one to go along with Jamal Charles. So if you want to carry an extra tight end, like I do, Travis Kelsey is somebody I'm going for. All right, that was Game Changers presented by Bose. And if you're in a PPR league, you're going to love what our experts are talking about next. Which running back will lead you to victory in 2014? We're picking our number one guys when we return. Come on back. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Chicago Bears running back Matt Forte had one of his best seasons in 2013, but can he repeat his success? Well, our Adam Rank sat down with this fantasy stud to chat about seasons past and present. Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here, and NFL Fantasy Live is breaking the bank to send me to Tahiti. Oh, no, actually, it's Schaumburg, Illinois. I'm here for Lenovo's Tough Season 2. We had a chance to sit down with Matt Forte to talk about the upcoming Bears season. Gonna pitch it out to the right. Forte's got some room at midfield to the 45. There goes Forte. Outruns everybody to the house. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. He said, 
career highs in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. The top 100 voters, for whatever reason, didn't seem to think it was that great a season for you. Does stuff like that motivate you? I never let anybody uh, really tell me or let a list decide for me what type of player I am or define me as a player because I already know, you know what type of player I am. I know what I can do. So, you know, that's why I hold myself to such a high standard and work very hard at what I do. Adam Ranks, number one fantasy running back. How do you feel about that? I'm excited, you know. I'm 91 on the other list, but number uh, one num number on one Adam Ranks list. On the one That's, that matters. Your list is obviously more credible than that list, so. Thank you. That means a lot. Plus, fantasy guys always hold you up much higher. Everybody loves fantasy football, and that's why, <laughs> you know, it's getting uh, so much publicity. And I have so many people coming to me every day, and if they recognize me, they say, hey, man, thanks for, you know, the fantasy <laughs> points last year. Giving off to the right side. Forte hurdles the ball. Ends up. Touchdown! We're working with Lenovo. Tell us a little bit what we're doing out here. So we're in Tough Season 2. It's a, it's a web series on Lenovo.com slash NFL. It's just a, a great comedy series about fantasy football and how serious people really take fantasy football. I have a coach, uh, Brad Blevins, who I helped get to the championship last year. I'm, I'm not on his team, so what? I have to, I have to, you know, even, you know, play against him. And so it's, it's going to be a whole turmoil part right there. What would be more difficult if you're going up against Brad or if you have to face Lovey Smith of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know, I'm going to have to say Brad. It was great playing for Lovey, but those fantasy owners are, are just so, you know, wild-eyed and crazy about fantasy football. You can't help but be attached to those guys in, you know, some, some type of sentimental way. Be sure to check out Lenovo's Tough Season Web Series and also you can win a chance to be the Lenovo Fantasy Coach of the Year if you go to NFL.com slash FCOY. That was awesome. I need to see the rest of that. <laughs> Looks did. like you had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun Back out there. Back in your old stomping grounds. At my hometown of Schaumburg, Illinois. And, of course, I did, you know, put my money where my mouth is. Mm -hmm. I drafted Matt Forte number one in our NFL AM League. So I didn't lie to him, Matt, so I got you. You did. Money's mad he didn't get an invite. He wanted to, to go back to Chi-Town, too. Thanks. Thanks uh, a lot, Ray. Yeah. I'll buy you a Portillo's so, hot dog. Yeah. Forte, obviously going top five, uh, number one to this guy. But who's going to be the best running back in PPR leagues? Well, I'm going to start off with Jamal Charles. 70 catches last year. I love Adrian Peterson as my number one pick, but I don't see him having that kind of upside. Maybe 40 catches for Adrian Peterson. So, Charles is the guy I'm going with. It's hard to argue with Andy Reid and what he likes to do with his running backs in, in his offense. And who else do they have? Yeah. Adam, um, Matt Forte, yeah. maybe? Do you think oh. I'm going to change huh? from Matt Forte? Mr. Portillo's in old style was going there. <laughs> Not <laughs> well, a homer. Well, or... if I like him in regular leagues, of course I'm going to like him in PPR leagues where he had a career high with 74 receptions last year. He looks like he's going to get a lot more because they've really started to develop this offense. This is their second year. Remember last year, they didn't get the full playbook till pretty much the end of the season. Now they've had a full offseason to go through and work with it. A lot of chemistry with Jay Cutler and the crew. So. And look what everyone's talking about. How are you going to stop Elshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall? Well, that means you got two safeties deep. Here comes Matt Forte gashing you right down the middle. Well, you, you know, I was going to say the other guy that I like is LaShawn McCoy. I mean, yes, got him in two leagues. Yes, yes, I, I know you did. Picks. You got him in our Makes league, too. And I, was, I was really upset yeah. with you. For some reason, okay, I thought he sorry. was going to count to me. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. But, you know, LaShawn McCoy <laughs> last season, 366 touches. That's impressive. And those all weren't carries. So, when you look at the, the type of value he's going to have in PPR league, he's going to get jiggy with it just like he's doing that. Look and watch this. Watch this. Oh, a little wiggle, wiggle. I like LaShawn McCoy. All right, Forte uh, McCoy oh, there. Jiggy They're the uh, Jamal oh, Charles. Boy.
the top shelf guys, but who are some bargain running backs to draft in a PPR league, Fabs? Danny Woodhead is the first guy that comes to mind. He's not the sexiest pick, and you know, we said yesterday he looked like Frodo Baggins. Little actually, that was Can we stop commenting James on Coe weight and that. looks of guys? This is getting he creepy. had 76 catches last year. Only Pierre Thomas had more. And I was in a PPR league earlier this week. I got him as my fourth running back in a PPR league. I will take that all day long. He finished in the top 20 among running backs in PPR formats in 2013. Do not be afraid to draft Danny Woodhead in the 6th, 7th, or 8th round as a flex starter in a PPR league. He does have some sweet hair. Mr. Rank, who are you going with? I'm going to go with Darren Sproles, and a lot of people think that he might just be the understudy to LaShawn McCoy there in Philadelphia, but Darren Sproles is going to have his own role in this offense. Chip Kelly brought him in for a reason. He's going to find ways to get in the ball. And really, when you think about it, when Deshaun Jackson left to go to Washington, he left you know, 70 to 100 catches on the field, and Darren Sproles is going to be there to pick some of those up. So Darren Sproles is a guy I would draft in PPR leagues very early, would not worry about him having to give up a lot of time yeah. to uh, LaShawn McCoy. And remember, that's what Chip Kelly did at Oregon. I mean, Kenyon Barner and LaMichael James were on the field together all the, all time. the time. So you're going to see he and LaShawn on the field together all the time. Yeah, and Akbar told me he had to go Pierre Thomas because he speaks French. Yeah. That was your yeah. logic, right? Wow. Yes, we, oui, we. Oui. Bonjour, mademoiselle. Yeah, that was oh, good. wrong language. Well, look, I, I like Pierre Thomas because, Top look, word. you know, you know Mark Ingram is going to be getting a lot of touches. He's going to be running the ball. He's looked good during the preseason. But one thing you can't underestimate is the fact that when you look at what Sean Payton is going to do in the New Orleans Saints, he's going to actually pass the ball and get the ball to the running backs, and Pierre Thomas is going to be the guy. He gets he got a lot of touches last year. He's the yep. new Darren Sproles yep. in New yep. Orleans. That was the role he fit for Sean Payton, you know, in past years. You thought of him as a number one back, but, I mean, really that was his role for Sean Payton was to catch the ball out of the backfield. And Thomas's ADP right now is about round 11. That's ridiculous. Yeah, there we go, round 11. All right, uh, that is it from here today, but we will return tomorrow. If you can't decide between Julius Thomas and Rob Gronkowski, no worries. We got you covered. We are comparing tight ends on tomorrow's show. We'll see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.